Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 through 21. The title of this sermon is, Abram Says Amen to God. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. I will defend my own ways before him. It's like, God, if you need to take this life, I trust you. You do what you need to do. It's, it's, I'm his. That's what Job was saying. There's that trust, and that's what Abram, Abram's saying, Lord, you said this is going to happen. I believe it. And it's not just words on a paper. It's actually gone from head knowledge to heart knowledge. He believes it in his heart now. And there's faith. That's important for us to remember. It's like we can spend a lot of times in our faith. And the direction of our faith is more in the theology of God, but not the relationship of God. And what I mean by that, if you, you've met people that have, like, you look at the life. I don't know why this is up here. You look at the life, and the life doesn't match the theology that they're putting out. Like, when it comes to, they can talk to you about uh, pre-trib. They can talk to you about mid-trib. They can get into post-millennialism. They can talk about all these different things. But their life is a train wreck. Because there's no relationship with God. There's, it's all head knowledge. It's never gone from here to here. It's never become faith. So it's important for us to know the word of God. But that faith has to be that we trust the word of God to live it. To live it. That it is God speaking. That's his word. The other thing we have is we have God has now there's depth in his faith. Despite the obstacle that's in front of him, he believes that God is going to do this. This man's old. He should be having kids. We look at it today and we're like, no. I think Al Pacino what, and Robert, they've all had kids in their 70s. Abraham was older than them. Right? But this God, he trusted it. That's the depth of his faith. Like, Lord, you promised me this. I'm not going. It's kind of like Paul. Remember Paul? I'm going to Rome. My snake bites me. Don't matter. I'm going to Rome. That's how our faith should be. But when we 
don't have a healthy fear of God, what happens? We freeze. We freeze. But Abraham, no, not him, not Abram. The other thing I love about this is God erased Abram's sin. He counted it as righteousness. God looked at Abram as, as, as a righteous man. And I love that. Remember that. Verse 7, Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur and the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. He comes straight out and says, Who am I? I am the Lord. I am the Lord. He's the same Lord that's speaking to the people of Malachi. He's I am. The great I am. He is speaking to them and saying, Look, what I say goes. There, there's not a committee that we have to go to. There's not a group of angels we have to vote. I say it, it happens. Because he stands outside of time. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He doesn't need to go and talk to any. It's done. And that's why I love he uses the I am statement. I am the Lord. All capitals. All capitals. So God answers Abram's faith. And he answers it by saying, look, I am the self-existing one, Jehovah. He's reminding them who he is. I'm, I'm God. I'm powerful in Job 42.2. I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. He's a God that's present in our life. Matthew 20, verses 28. Just as, as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. He sent His Son, Jesus. He's present. The Son of God. The Messiah, Jesus. Present. He's a perceptive God. In Proverbs 15, 3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and the good. So that is important to remember. Like he, uh, Lord's keeping watch. Evil and good. He knows. He knows. He's in control of your life. If we could ever pick anything up out of all of this, is to remember that that his truth. His presence, His love for you is real. And, and even though like the story seems like it's hit a really tough spot, He loves you. He's in control of your life. I think of, you know, Ms. Donna when all of this first happened. Uh, we didn't think she was going to make it. She was having a rough time in the hospital. God has a purpose. That's a, The purpose is, you know, you think about all the prayers, all the things that, you know, because you go, well, how does somebody serve when they're sick? Prayer. They're on the prayer team. Ms. Donna does so much more beyond that, but you're on the prayer team. 
She's praying. God was in control of her life then. We forget that. We forget that. You get a diagnosis or different things happen in our life, whether regardless of whatever it is, God's in control. Remember that, please. His presence and his he's got it. Like I don't see it. Trust him. Trust him. Go back to his word. Go back to his promises. Remind yourself that you're his child, that you're an ambassador of God. You know, that, that, that you're an heir. You're his. A dude like David, you preach yourself the word in, the, in you. You get in there and you start throwing them scriptures out. I love it. I had uh, Miss Caitlin, who's one of the teachers here. She goes, I can't remember scriptures, but, but she can pop them out. She may not remember the, the verse, but, but she remembers the verse. Remember them. Have them stored on your heart. It says, I am the Lord who brought you out of, out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And we see that that's God's power is, is he's going to remind Abram, like, hey, I'm the one who's in control. I'm the one who has the power. This is what's going to happen. 1 Corinthians 15.10 But by the grace of God I am what I am and His grace towards me was not in vain but I labored more abundantly than all yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. That's Paul. He's reminding him like every area of my life the grace of God was with me. And you're going man Paul was in jail. Paul was shipwrecked. Was on the just floating around the ocean for a while. Can you imagine that? Like like starving, like you're on a boat, seasick, watching everybody seasick. Boat's going to come apart. We're going to be just floating out here in the, in the water for a while. But we're going to be okay. Can you, you just think about how you would react on that boat. Are you nuts? Have you lost it? Does somebody need to throw this dude off the That's how I know I saw I'd be If I'm honest, right? Let's be honest. But that was Paul's faith. Paul's like, hey, uh, God's got control of this. Let's get into the presence of God. Let's pray. How many of those guys were like, just throw him off the boat, dude? Right? That's why I love the Bible. It's, man, I love it. The other thing we see is it was part of God's plan. God reminds them that, hey, I'm the one who brought you out of the land. I got you. Right? In Romans chapter 8, verses 28, and we know this verse very well. We love to quote it, but I think it's harder to live it out when you're going through it. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. God's plan is always a good plan. We have to trust that. We have to walk in that. But like I said, this is a verse that's easy to quote right now. If if you're everything's great, you're on the mountaintop. Right? Oh, all things work together. And you're like, man, I'm gonna hit you in the head, dude. Don't give me that right now. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm hurt. I'd rather you be real with me. 
instead of sitting there trying to be like, oh, all things work together for the good, and you go out the door and you're crying. Right? That's an easy verse to hang on to, to throw out at people, but be careful when you throw that one out. Okay? Please. Sometimes it's better just to be a listener. Verse 8, and he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he asked another question. So he said to him, bring me three, three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he's fixed to have barbecue. Then he brought all these to, to him and cut them in, uh, in two. So that's the way that they would make the agreement. Down the middle and placed each opposite side uh, the uh, opposite side the other but he did not cut the birds in two and when he came to the vultures came down in the carcasses but Abram drove them away that's the beautiful part about that it's like Abram's trying to protect the the offerings that are going to happen with God and and I love that because it's like that's how important it is for him that he's like driving away and I have a bunch of buzzards and so I know what it means to drive them away They'd come land on my trailer. And I'm like, why? We hear these big old things just boom. And they're all up on my Wi-Fi. And I have to throw rocks at them. I have to drive them away. They're hard-headed animals. And so Abram, that's how much he cares about what God is doing. That he's like, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. What can I do? So he starts driving them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. So what happens here now is very important to understand. Like God didn't need him to drive away the carcass, the, the buzzards. Right? But he's going to do something that's very important here. He's going to put Abram in a deep sleep. And, and, it's, and we'll find out why. Then, then it said, Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is now theirs. And will serve them, and they will afflict, uh, afflict them for 400 years. This is a prophecy that God is uh, is saying what's going to happen in four generations. They will be, uh, which goes back to Exodus. They're going to be uh, slaves in Egypt. And there is the covenant, and and this covenant that's happening now is different from the covenant. So Abram, understand, there's nothing that Abram does in this covenant. Because this covenant is going to be kept by God. So it's God. It's God. And, and so it's different than the covenant that was made with Moses with the Ten Commandments. That was, that was one that was done like there were stipulations. If you break the commandments, there are, there are going to be consequences. If you keep the commandments, there are blessings. Right? But the beauty of that is to remind yourself of one thing. What did God ask out of them to get them out of Egypt? Nothing. I have loved you. He didn't put one commandment on them until they were out of Egypt. There was nothing. He didn't say, okay, well, y'all need to do this, this, and this, and keep these commandments. Right? He didn't do none of that. Same thing with the thief on the cross. He didn't, he didn't get to clean his life up. He didn't get to go do things. Like, I'm a, I, I need to learn about theology. I need to learn about God. None of that stuff happened. What, what did he do? Lord, remember me in paradise. We were, we were guilty. 
We deserve the punishment that we got. There wasn't a bunch of things that he had to do. He, he belonged to God. God loved him. Jesus loved him. We need to remember that. There, there, there were stipulations in the covenant with uh, the people uh, during the time of Moses. But we live in the time where we come under the covenant with Jesus. It's, the boundaries are limitless. Anyone can come to faith. We're in the age of the Gentiles. Eventually, you know, Jesus will return. And there'll be a great awakening that will happen. Spiritual awakening for the nation of Israel. But God keeps His promises. So we see that heir, Jesus, right? This is the beauty of us. Is like we have the whole Bible. I don't know why we get stuck, but we got the whole, like we got the whole thing. So that prediction happened. They went into slave. They were became slaves in Egypt. Uh, you know, Abram had the child. I mean, it, all those things happened. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward, and they shall come out with the great possessions. And so he's just talking about again the the nation of Israel, the prophecy. Uh, that will happen the 400 years of, of slavery that will happen as they serve the Egyptians, right? But what happens? The Egyptians give them the treasures as they're living, or leaving, right? So that all of this stuff happens. That's the beauty of the scripture. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age. I'm sure every one of us would want to hear this scripture cried out, right? Uh, you'll in peace, right? In a good old age, Abram was 175 years old, right? But in the fourth generation, they shall return for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So there's four generations, 400 years, and so God is letting them know what the future, Abram, what the future is going to happen. And he said in verse 17, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch, and he passed between the two pieces. So again, this is a covenant ceremony. And again, Abram's in a deep sleep because this has nothing to do with Abram. This is the covenant that God is going to keep. This is the covenant that God is making and that God will fulfill. That's what we need to remember. So the contract with Abram, only one person walks between the animal's carcasses, and that was God. And so that's the contract. The contract is kept by God. And both of these speak, as we talk about the furnace and the judgment, it speaks of Christ. Remember, the Old Testament always points to Jesus. The lamp speaks of his, as him being the light of the world. But he says in verse 18, On the same day the Lord made the covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt. Now he's going to mark the area that belongs to Israel. So when we look at this, Israel actually probably has a lot more land that belongs to them, right? And, and, and who said they got the land? God. It's been marked out in the Bible. From the river of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates, that's real, real places. To the Canaanites, to the Kinzazites, the Candamites, the Hittites, the Parasites, and the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. 
And so he's telling them, this is how far your land's going to go. Um, it's a done deal. Nothing's going to change. It's nothing that you do, Abram, that's going to make this do not do or do. This is not on you. It's on me. John 10, verse 28 says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. It's a reminder that, that it's God's faith. It's God that makes it possible and that you belong to God. That doesn't change. And, and so uh, John 14 verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would, have not, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And that where I am, there you may also be. Remember, very important, like, when you go, well, where's Mike? <laughs> I'm in my mansion with God, right? When I'm not here on earth, I'm, I'm there. I'm, that's where I'm at, and I'll, I'll meet you there. We need to remember that. There's comfort in that. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Some of us may get to be raptured. You may not even see death. Would you be ready for that? That's one of the things I always ask people, because I think a lot of times what we're doing is we're like this with the earth, clinging to it instead of clinging to God. And, and so we should be always be raptured ready and always looking up. So what can we get from this? Well, a couple things. Abram's experience, we, we know that there's some things that are very reassuring for us. We know that he knows he will have what? A real son. Not Eleazar. Because he was like in, in his own thinking, he goes, well, I got Eleazar. I guess it, this is the guy, right? I'm sure Eleazar was like, thanks, man. Appreciate that. But he also knows that it's not just going to be a son. It's going to be descendants. He also knows the precise dimensions of the land of Israel. It is documented in the Bible. And no matter what, Iran and Iraq and any other country, Egypt or whoever... God's documented what land belongs to Israel. And he also knows what the future holds. But for us, as a follower of Christ, it's very important for you to get this. Abram had a dream. God had to put him in a deep sleep. God has given you the whole Bible. He's also giving you the Holy Spirit. Abram got a preview for 400 years. God has given you exactly what's going to happen up to end times. <laughs> to the very detail. This is what's going to happen. Abram had to cut up animals. And yet we ended up with the crucified Christ. Who went to the cross for us. So trust his promises for your life. 
when you when you are struggling get into his presence okay and 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 presence is simply being in the word of god being in prayer being in fellowship with others putting on worship music singing worship crying out loud if you have to man whatever you get with god he hears you he loves you here's abram asking all these questions and he got answers. And God's given you the answers in, in his word. His promises. And he has control of each of our lives. Each of ours. And there there look there are there are big problems in this world. We're not gonna I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat that. I can't fix them. When I look at what's happening in our world today and I see things that are going on I'm just like I need to pray so trust God as Abram did as he in faith God saw him as being righteous he belonged to him well that concludes today's broadcast of Sun Salt and Light Radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times you can do all of that at our website uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio pretty much wherever you can find a podcast uh, you, you can just type in Sun Salt and Light and you'll find it 